Hello everybody, it's Kiera. I just finished up editing this podcast episode and I wanted to clear a few things up before you listen. I talk about trials and tests and stuff in this episode and I relate something, an experience that I had recently to a trial and I don't want to say that to negate actual bigger things that people are experiencing all around the world people who are experiencing persecution and famine and hardships and stuff like that and I don't also want to make it seem like car maintenance is an attack from the enemy obviously if you're not maintaining your car and something breaks on it it's not the devil you just didn't do a good job maintaining your car but I just wanted to to clear that up but I would say that I was in a situation that I had no control over getting into that, into a situation like that. So what I was trying to do is just relate it to trials in that way. But biblically, when we when we're talking about trials, we're not talking about minor inconveniences for not taking care of your possessions and what you own and and stewarding, taking stewardship over that. So in getting new tires I talk about it later in the episode. You'll just have to listen to find out what the heck I'm talking about right now. But I just wanted to come on here and say my tires are me getting new tires is not a trial. It's not a hardship that I'm going through. It's I was just trying to say what I learned from the situation that I was in driving home from Pennsylvania, I'm going to use what I learned in that situation and apply it to what I actually need now for my personal car. So I'm not saying that getting new tires or having or needing to get new tires is a trial or or anything like that because it doesn't even come close. So I apologize because I made it seem as though it were a trial and it's really actually not. So yeah. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode and just wanted to clear that up because I wasn't able to edit it out without compromising like the the point that I was trying to get across. So I hope you guys understand what I'm talking about if you listen further on. So again, not saying that these are trials or anything like that, but just using the scripture and being able to learn from what the scripture is saying and applying it to situations that are going on in our lives. So thank you guys again for listening and on to the episode. Thanks for listening to Hallelujah, I Have Breakthrough, hosted by Kiara Bryant. Listen every Wednesday and Sunday as Kiara talks about walking in victory, breakthrough, and overcoming by the word of God. everybody welcome back to the podcast i am so excited to be talking to you guys today i hope you guys are having a wonderful sunday an amazing sunday i hope your guys week is off to a great start and last week was the best week that you've ever had and it'll just keep getting better and better as each week goes by in the name of jesus so as you can tell by the title of today's episode i'm going to be talking about how you should react when you're under attack And that was a title that just popped up in my spirit 
um, and I'm going to share with you guys a few testimonies. Some of these testimonies I've already shared with you guys and I have more. And honestly, I've been getting a lot of testimonies or a lot of things that have been happening that I can testify about. Um, I wouldn't say that this is like a full, complete testimony. It's honestly still like, you know, sometimes you don't react the best way in certain situations, but I'm going to be talking to you guys um, about some mistakes that I've made and how you can learn from mistakes that I've made and how you can react in a biblical way in situations where you're where you feel like you're under attack or you feel like the enemy's just coming for you or anything like that. What is or how should you react biblically or what is the biblical way to react in a situation like that? So I'm just going to jump right into it and I'm just going to be telling the story and using scripture to kind of just back everything up. But first, what I'm going to start out instead of just jumping in, I'm going to share scripture with you guys. And the one that I'm going to be sharing with you guys is Isaiah 54, 17. And what that says in the New King James Version, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So we've heard the first uh, part mainly quoted at least for myself no weapon formed against you shall prosper and i've even heard like the second part of that and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn and i was like oh i have the authority to do the to condemn every tongue that rises against me and not condemn in a way of like flesh and blood but my enemy satan i i can condemn him when his when he rises against me or accuses me because he's the accuser of the brethren so I can speak in authority and call things down cast things down bind and loose things here on earth and it will be backed up from heaven but yeah Isaiah 54 17 is really good so anyway no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. It says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So if you're listening, if you have been listening, or if this is your first time listening, I have been going through the book of Hebrews and I haven't gotten to the main um, portion of what I really want to talk about because the in the book of Hebrews, the author of the book of Hebrews, he is laying the foundation. He's laying the foundation and he is making that foundation known that it is Jesus. Jesus is the only foundation. There is no other foundation but Jesus. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing as well so that I don't have to keep going over and over and over theology. I'm going to lay this foundation and we're going to move forward into the meat of the word of God. So he says here in verse 17, it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So I'm going to look up that word in another translation and see what that says the new living translation says these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the lord i'm going to look it up and see what it says in the hebrew so that word heritage in the hebrew is defined as possession or property inheritance property portion share 
inheritance or portion. So inheritance is in there. And we talk about Jesus being the, the heir of God. He is an heir. And I've said it before, us as believers, we are co-heirs with Christ. And I'm going to go really deep into that in the next coming weeks on this podcast. And just really trying to understand the gravity, the weight of what that actually means as we study his covenant in the book of Hebrews. But these things are already afforded to us. It says that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So I'm a servant of the Lord. And if you're listening and you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are a servant of the Lord. So we being servants of the Lord, we have the power and authority and we have the right afforded to us that no weapon formed against us will prosper and that every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn. It says that that is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from him. So we get our righteousness from God. Our heritage from him is the protection that he gives us. That no weapon formed against us will prosper. And then he gives us the ability to to condemn every tongue that rises against us in judgment. So that is my portion. That is already my possession. That is my property. It's my inheritance. That's what I am. That's what I receive as inheritance. That's what I that's one of the things that I receive as an inheritance, as a possession, something that's already in my possession when I become a servant of the Lord. So moving on into the reason I'm talking about this scripture today is because I want you guys to be equipped for when something happens, when the enemy sends a weapon your way. Because right here in the Bible, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. So yes, a weapon will be formed. There will be a weapon that's formed, but it will not prosper. That's what the Lord says. That's what the Bible says. That's what he says in his word. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, what are you doing? Go Like if you don't have an Instagram, I understand. I don't personally like Instagram, um, but I just, I don't really like any social media, but I just feel like, you know, you have a podcast, you share it on sh- social media. If it were up to me, I would not have any social media. But the reason I do is for the solely for the podcast. So if you're not following me on Instagram and you have an Instagram, what are you doing? Go follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at H-I-H-B podcast. And a few weeks ago, you'll see it. I don't post that much. I only have 13 posts right now. But there's a picture of like a one of those security um pins that you get on clothes that you have to take off before you leave the store and one of those got stuck in my shoe and I talked about that in one of the episodes of a year of no fear the psalm 91 year of no fear a while ago and I shared that testimony of how in psalm 91 it says that he sends his angels concerning you and they won't even let you dash your foot against a stone so I shared that testimony where there were some pins like 
one of them was that security pin and that another one was like a thumbtack and then another thing that happened was a nail and all of those things in a matter of probably like a month all went through my shoe they didn't touch my feet but they all pierced the bottom of my shoe to some degree where they got stuck so I'm going to share with you guys what I posted or what I typed in the post and then I'll talk a little bit more about it. So in the post, I shared some pictures. So go check out that post. So this is what I wrote regarding that situation. I said, when this happened, this was the second time regarding the picture that I shared and I got kind of mad. I was mad because I equated these small pins as a level as my threat level to the kingdom of hell. And in parentheses, I put LOL. I thought, wow, that's such a small attack from the enemy. Now that I look back on it, I see it as the protection that God promises in his word. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And that's Psalm 91, 12. And that scripture that's talking about the angels, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot against a stone. So I was looking at this. Well, like, why did the pins even get in my shoe? Like, they're not even supposed to be able to touch me. Why did the pins get in my shoe? Why did the nail come through my shoe? Why did this thumbtack, why was it able to to pierce through my shoe? And if you really think about it, like it didn't hurt my foot. What is the big deal about them hitting my foot or hitting my shoe? Like they didn't hurt me. And that's what the Bible says. It says that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. So there was a weapon that was formed. And I know that these are little things like a nail through the shoe, a nail through or a a safety tag pin, whatever. I don't know what those things are called. Security pins through my sandal or a thumbtack through my shoe, whatever it is. The weapon was formed. It was formed against me. Yes. So those things are going to happen. They don't have to. I'm not setting you up to be attacked. These things, we live in this world, you know, and yeah, there are people who leave stuff like that out on the ground. There was a weapon that was formed against me. And a lot of people right here, they're going to be like, you're being hyper spiritual. You're being too spiritual about this. But I'm just laying out what has happened to me based on the Bible and why the Bible is true because of what I've seen. So there was a weapon that was formed, the nail through my crock, the thumbtack through my vans, and then the safe, the security tag or the security pin through my sandal. All of those should have pierced through my shoe in some way and hurt my foot, especially a nail. Like I'm not talking about like a little, like small nail. I'm not talking about anything small. I'm talking about like a hefty nail, like one of the ones that they put on, like, because my friends, their roof was being replaced. So there were nails on the ground and I'm talking like three inch nails. It should have pierced through my crock. It doesn't make sense to me, but the Bible is true. So I was looking at it in the wrong in the wrong light. I was looking at it from the wrong point of view, from the wrong perspective. I was looking at it, well, like, why did this happen? That shouldn't even have happened. But the Bible says that no weapon formed against you. So there will be a weapon that's formed against you, but it will not prosper. None of those weapons that were formed against me, they prospered. None of them actually even touched my foot. None of them 
touched my foot at all. So that's the first thing. When it seems like you're under attack or it seems like something happened and you're like, why did this happen? That should not have happened. If it didn't physically touch you or a person that a loved one or anything like that, I'm not see because I'm not setting people up for something drastic to happen or some sickness or some some attack that you know the thief comes to steal kill and destroy so if the thief actually prevails in in stealing killing or destroying that's a different situation but I'm talking about like a situation like this and I'll share another example too but none of those attacks actually prospered against my body none of those attacks actually prospered they didn't physically harm me in any way shape or form yes I know that that was from the enemy that that wasn't from the Lord I knew it was from the enemy but God's protection he protected my feet from getting stabbed or and possibly even infected by dirty nails and security tags that have been lying around on the ground you know like anything like that So that's just one thing that I've already shared with you guys. So moving on to what I'm going to be talking to you guys about today, a testimony that I haven't shared and is still being kind of worked on, I guess. So when I was driving home from Pennsylvania, I told you guys last week I went to Pennsylvania and I was driving home on the way back home and I was driving my friend's car. And before I left, I went to go get her oil changed and the guys who got who were changing her oil were like, hey, these tires are in really bad condition. Should probably get them fixed soon or you should probably get them replaced soon. And I was like, OK, so they sent a picture to her husband and I was like, I'm going to be fine. It's OK. And I drive all the way up to Pennsylvania. Everything's fine. I prayed before I left and I thank the Lord that he was going to give me a safe trip and he sure did give me a safe trip and it was great. I got up to Pennsylvania, drove around to Pens- drove around Pennsylvania and my day came to come home and everything was fine up until West Virginia and in West Virginia, I started hearing this noise it happened in like the span of like 10 seconds I started hearing this really loud noise it sounded like her engine was about to blow up but it was the tire it had just completely like gave out like it blew out and it was like running on the on the ground but the tire was still on I didn't see anything pop off so I pulled over to the side of the road And I was like, okay, what do I do? Because even though I would love to tell you guys that I had the faith, I didn't. Like, I I would love to sit here and be like, yep, I had the faith to go lay hands on the tire and for the tire to be mended and air to be back in the tire because God says in his word that anything is possible. So I knew that it was physically possible for that to happen. I, I know it. Because there have been crazier things that have happened, crazier testimonies that I've heard. So if the Lord can regrow limbs and if the Lord can raise people from the dead and if God can make things that weren't there appear like we're come on, we're talking about like big miracles, like 
big or small it doesn't matter like a miracle is a miracle we're talking about god who made bread appear from the heavens on the ground in the wilderness for Isra- for the israelites to eat daily we're talking about the god who raised people from the dead and we're talking and not just once or twice we're talking about throughout the entire word of god throughout the bible like this happened multiple times and then we're talking about the god who caused animals donkeys to talk and he he made flour and oil and things appear and and keep pouring out of empty vessels like we're not talking like parted the red sea we're not talking about little things we're talking about big things here so of course i know full well that god can mend a tire and put air back in it yes i know that but me in that moment sadly i did not have the faith for that but what i did have the faith for because i asked i sat there for like two seconds and I was like okay what do I do and I remember the scripture about how we have angels that are supposed to minister for us they are we have authority over angels and we can tell them to go do things and go get things and we have charge over the angels as believers as Christians as children of God we have charge over the angels so I was like okay angels go and get someone and bring them here to help me with this tire because I don't know what to do right now and sure enough somebody came a guy came and he was an older guy he was a retired cop and he was very very nice I felt very safe very comfortable the entire time when he was there I just had like a piece about it like he was just really nice very friendly so he pulled up and he was like hey do you need any help and I was like yes can you help me change this tire and I knew that like I called my friend asked her if she had a spare she didn't know so I checked under and I saw that she did have a spare and I was on the phone with my friend and her husband and I was about to ask him, hey, can you walk me through how to change this tire when the guy pulled up? And he got out. He was looking around trying to help me. And then her car has like, um, I don't know whether like locking nuts on the on the rims or on the on the on the wheel, I guess. I don't know to prevent people from being able to like steal your tire so we're looking through the back of the trunk because I already have the spare tire out I have the tools out and I'm like ready to for my my friend to walk me through how to change a tire and he says do you have the do you have the piece to to get this locking nut off and I was like um I don't know I've never even heard of this before it's not even my car I don't know and we couldn't find the piece and I was like oh my goodness like great so my angel sent a person here and this person was willing to help me but he doesn't have the piece I need I don't have the piece that I need to even take the tire off and I'm just like okay what now so I go back in the car and I'm waiting and I pray and he comes up to the window and he's like hey I'm gonna call because in West Virginia we have a free courtesy thing for people who need help on the side of the road and he called the person and the person came and this is a person who like does this you know like for a living like they go out and change tires and stuff and he doesn't even have the part and I'm like oh my goodness like 
now what? But in my mind, I was like worried. I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of here? The sun is about to go down in the next few hours and I don't know what to do. It's Sunday. All the tire places are closed. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm just like not letting those things come out of my mouth. I'm just like not talking because I don't want to let death come out of my mouth. And this was before. Listen, guys, this was before I recorded that episode a few days ago about speaking death and life, but I wasn't speaking life either. So these are things that I want you to start putting into practice when there is an attack. Here's how you should react. Instead of speaking death or instead of not speaking anything at all, you should speak life. I made it out of the situation fine, but I learned a lot from it. And I'm not saying that God caused the situation to happen for me to learn. I don't talk like that. I don't believe like that. I don't think like that at all. So anyway, they're looking for this tool and I'm sitting in the car and I'm talking on the phone because it's really cold outside. And they're like, yeah, you can go sit in the car. We'll take care of it, blah, blah, blah. So they're like looking through the car and couldn't find it. And he came up to the window and he was like, hey, do you want to check in your glove compartment to see if you have this tool? So I check in the glove compartment, which I already looked in before to like look for my friend's insurance information or anything that I could use to call like some help. Couldn't find anything, but I didn't even remember that that part. I didn't know it was that specific part, but there were like tools in her glove compartment and I didn't know. So I got the tools out and it was the piece that you need to take the tire off. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So they changed the spare tire and everything's fine. Everything's good. And he's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to make it back to South Carolina on this spare tire. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, like there was really not anything around where I was at, like at all, you know, like it was miles to get to the next place. And luckily at the right time and right place, all of that stuff happened. But Sunday in a small town in West Virginia, like nothing's open. Like, and it's not even just like Sunday morning, like it's Sunday evening. It's like, I want to say 5.30ish, 6pm by that time. And that they actually get the tire on. So they put the old tire back in the trunk. The guy like gives me gas because I'm already almost out of like gas. And that was just really nice. And I thank them and I, I just, and I was praying for them and just speaking blessings over them because I was very grateful because I knew that my angels brought the people, but it was just like, dang. Because when I didn't have the part, when I didn't know that I had the the tool to get the tire off, I was like, God, you sent that like, and I didn't say this, but this is my thought process. Like, God, you sent the angels, but like, are you, are you sent the, the angels sent the people. They went and got the people. But like, what good are people if they can't even get the tire off or like change the tire? So that was my my thinking process. Again, I didn't let that come out of my mouth, but that was my thought process. So they get the tire on and 
the guy who originally stopped, he was like, I'm going to follow you to the gas station. Make sure you get there fine. Just don't drive over 55 miles per hour and make sure because around that time I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to spend the night in West Virginia. I'm going to have to get a hotel, spend the night in West Virginia. And then in the morning, I'm going to have to get a tire and then come home. And he was like, I'm going to follow you to the nearest gas station because my daughter was in the back and she had to pee and I had to pee and we were stuck in the middle of nowhere so he was like I'm gonna follow you to the nearest gas station and make sure that you get there fine make sure that the spare tire stays on everything's good and I was like okay great thanks and he followed me to the gas station he asked me if I needed anything else and I told him no I was gonna be fine and I left and I called my friends back and I was like hey I'm gonna check and see if Walmart is still open because Walmart was open, but we were looking at their tire, um, their tire center and they had reviews that said, oh, I went here and they weren't open and their hours said that they were open and they said that they were open, but when I went there, they weren't open. So it was already kind of iffy, but either way I had to head into that town either to spend the night and get a hotel there or to go to the Walmart. So I went to the Walmart, pulled around the back their garage doors were open, but I saw a guy walking out and I said, hey, do you know if um, the tire center is open today? And he said yes until seven. And I was like, thank the Lord. And it's like six. I remember the time it was six eleven when I got there. So I ran to the back. I like parked out in the front, got my daughter out of the car, ran to the back. And I asked them like, hey, could you guys please change two of my tires? And the person who was like not out in the garage but in the front kind of seemed a little like oh I don't know if we can do it today and I was like I need to get back to South Carolina tonight (laughs) she was like okay let me ask and she told them she said hey this girl needs two new tires or she said because I only needed one at this I thought I only needed one at the time but I ended up needing two so she was like hey this girl needs a new tire can you guys change it she needs to get back to South Carolina she's trying to get back to South Carolina tonight and they were like yeah sure whatever and I felt really bad because it was almost time for them to close like at this point it's already probably like six fifteen or something and they look at the clock and they're like yeah sure we can do it and I go back out of Walmart go pull around the back and they're already out there and I told them the situation and they're like, you're going to need another tire. So I ended up getting another tire. I get like they they're putting the tire on and I'm on the phone with my friend. And at that point, I just kind of like lose it, you know, like not like flip out or it was just kind of like a breakdown. Like everything had just kind of hit me like since then. And it was like, dang, I just had a really good trip. A lot of great time sitting in the Lord's presence, sitting under a great minister, sitting at a great church, and it's just been really good. And then this happened, and I just started talking to my friend, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, because there's there's a lot to the situation that I'm not going to share, but I'm like, I don't, what do I do? Like, why is this happening? And blah, 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 and I start crying and I'm not sad, and I'm okay, and everything is fine, like, they're putting on two new tires, everything is good, but I guess it was just the stress, 
And it was like, why did this even happen? Like, why was this allowed to happen? Why was this able to happen? Like, I'm a child of God. Like, this should not have happened. Like, if God's word is true, like, how in the world did this happen? And I knew the entire time that it was the enemy. I would never, ever blame God or put that on God or anything like that. But the whole time I knew that it was the enemy and I was like, why was this able to happen? How, like, how, how did this happen? So she's just like calming me down, talking to me on the phone. Everything's fine. And get in the car, get the car back. And I start driving home. I make it home at like 2 a.m. I only got set back like two hours when I could have been set back an entire day. So I go over to my friend's house the next day and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I feel really stupid because like, when you're going through the situation, it's, and I was telling her this on the phone, like I'm having a hard time separating the natural from the supernatural because I know these things. I, their head knowledge, I know them. Like I, I know what I, at least I should know what to do in those situations, but I actually, but I didn't actually, you know, put that thing into practice. So at that point, I just feel really dumb because it's like, why did you let that get to you? Like, that's so stupid. And we're just talking and I'm telling her like how I'm feeling and I'm, I'm better and I feel good. It's just like, dang. And she brings up that scripture, Isaiah 54, 17, and says what we've all heard before, or I, I believe we've all heard before. Um, that, yeah, it says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. So there's going to be a weapon that's formed, but it won't prosper. So in that situation, I was looking at it like, yeah, the weapon was formed and it did prosper because he got the tire, but whatever it is that the enemy had planned, whatever it was that he had planned in that entire thing, it didn't happen. God protected me still the entire time. If I really think about it, like if you, if you're tired, listen, I was going like 70 miles per hour, like 75, I don't almost push an 80. I think, I don't really know. I was going very fast and there were no cars around me at the time. And I'm talking like a main highway getting through the country. Like there, there were a lot of cars with me pretty much the entire time, but there were no cars around me at the time. And I don't know if you've ever seen a tire blowout, but like the only way that I've ever seen a tire blowout is like if the tire just completely comes off, like it unravels. And that's how I've seen like tires on on the side of the road but once you do that you know like you have no control over your vehicle anymore but my tire but my friend's tire it blew out in the most convenient way like it was just literally a circle that was blown out around the perimeter of the tire and I still had control over the car to pull it over into the grass and safely park the car so first of all like I know that because John 10 10 it says the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy so the enemy was trying to steal kill or destroy something in that situation but he wasn't able to do any of those things so the weapon was formed but it did not prosper it didn't steal anything it didn't kill anything it didn't destroy anything everything that happened was happened in a way where Everything was good. God protected me the entire time. The tire blew out in the best place, in the best way imaginable. Because I was at the point in West Virginia where I was about to enter into like hills. And 
right then I was on like flat road and the part of West Virginia that goes into Virginia that I was about to enter into there's no real place to pull off to the side if something like that happens there were like big hills and a lot of the cars drive a lot faster than I did like they were going like 85 90 100 miles per hour so if I if my tire blew out at that point who knows what have what who knows what would have happened and then because the hills are so steep and so like high then they have to have like the guardrails to protect if anything happens so there was no there would have been no place for me to pull off so I would have had to stop in the middle of the road where cars were going that fast and probably would have hit me who knows what would have happened but I pulled off that happened at the best time in the best place so I see that as the Lord's protection yes it was the enemy who formed that weapon but God protected me and um through the whole thing it happened literally the best place in the best time. Like the sun was still out. I like, it was just great. The conditions were great because the conditions were great because I was in West Virginia that had the free courtesy thing and people, a nice person who came and helped me. And it was honestly, thank you, God. But anyway, so I was just talking to my friend about everything that was happening and the entire time that I'm listening or the entire time I just want to go back for a second the entire time that I'm driving before this happened um I was listening to the women's conference at Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church his wife Pastor Adonica was leading it and she she and him together they were prophesying and they were doing like they were sharing just like great words and great testimonies and out of that I sowed a seed in faith and it was like, dang, 10 minutes later, that happens. And I was like, dang it. What the heck? So anyway, that was just a side thing. But I was telling my friend the entire story and everything that happened. And she reminded me of Isaiah fifty four seventeen, And I was like, yeah, you know what? The, the weapon was formed, but whatever the enemy had planned, because again, John 10, 10, it says the thief comes only. He only, the, Satan doesn't come for any other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there is an attack, it's to steal, to kill, or destroy you or something. That's Those are his plans. It's laid out right there. And the rest of the verse is Jesus saying, I have come to give life and give it more abundantly. I just don't want to leave out that part because that's the, the great part about it. Yes, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus gives us life and he gives it to the abundance. So anyway, I don't know what the enemy's plan was, but it obviously was to steal, kill, and destroy something and possibly could have been me, <laughs> you know? So the weapon that was formed, it didn't prosper. But here's another thing that I want to add to that. Here's the way that you should react when you're under attack. This one, I don't think a lot of y'all are going to like this one, but it's the way, it's what you should do. It's the best way you could react in any situation or any situation where you feel like you're under attack. All right. So James chapter one, verse two, it says, my brethren, Count it all joy 
when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith without doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways James chapter 1 verses 2 through 5 or sorry 2 through 8 lay out how you should react when you're under attack. Trials and tests, I I talked about that. I think I have an episode called Test, Trials, and Temptations. And testing and trials don't come from the Lord. Temptation doesn't come from the Lord. The book of James says that too, that uh, God can't, God does not tempt us. Yeah, uh, James chapter one, verse 13, it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed so God doesn't tempt us God doesn't send trials God does not test us he proves our faith he 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 proves us you know by what we what we believe so when when that word test is being used or the Lord tested or Jesus tested or blah 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 it's he was proving them he was proving something. So that's what that means. And I'll probably talk about that later in another episode, but I'm not talking about that here today. But I did talk about that in that episode, testing trials, temptations. I think that's what it's called. So go listen to that. But I'll talk more about like the actual testing, because I know that that's something that a lot of believers, well, God's testing me. No. Anyway, so Again, James is laying out in these um, in these six verses how we should react when we're under attack. He says, consider it pure joy. That's what the NIV says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So when you fall into various trials, you should consider it pure joy. And why? Because the testing of your faith produces patience. So when you're in a situation, for me, for example, because this is, it's not something that just happens one time or once every blue moon. This is something that I feel like it happens quite a few times (laughs) in your life. Because it didn't end there. Like that was my friend's car. But my car has needed some tires for, for a while now. And literally today, I just went to go get them looked at and checked. And yep, indeed, I need some new tires, like all four I need. So he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when you're going through trials, when you're going through through things that it feels like it's an attack and it's a trial, 
in that moment when things I, I had a good attitude in the beginning, but once I found out that those guys weren't going to be able to fix my tire without this part and this part, I didn't know where it was. I didn't count that. I did not consider that pure joy. I'm going to tell you right now. I did not consider that pure joy. I was like, what the heck? But he says, consider it pure joy when you face many trials, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance because it was going to produce patience. It was going to produce perseverance in me. And once perseverance finishes its work, the Bible says that you are going to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The New King James Version says that you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, this all goes together. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously or liberally to all without finding reproach or fault, and it will be given to you. So what do you do? You ask the Lord for wisdom. That's what I did. Step one. I said, what do I do? What should I do? And I remembered the scripture and I, I told the angels, I sent the angels out to go bring someone to help me. And he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double minded and unstable in all that they do. So how should you react when you're under attack? You should react in joy. You should count it all joy. You consider it pure joy, pure joy. So it's, it's, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world which is what I would like to tell you that it is. It's easy. But what you have to do in that situation when you're facing attack, and I want you to keep this burned on the forefront of your mind, write it down if you have to. But when you are feeling like you're going through a trial, when you feel like you're under attack from the enemy, what you need to do is take a step back, remove yourself from the situation. And I don't mean physically, I mean like, Take yourself out of the situation in your head and look at it, view it through God's word. Consider it pure joy is what the Lord says. You can ask for wisdom and know that he's going to give you wisdom if you ask him in faith and you don't doubt. Because if you doubt, it says that you're not going to you shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. So you take yourself out of the situation, remove yourself from the situation and look at it through the lens of God's word. You have to learn how to stop looking at things in the natural. Yes, my tire is blown off. My tire blew out. I cannot physically make it back to South Carolina from West Virginia without this tire. I'm going to remove myself from this situation because the Bible says don't worry because worrying won't add a single day to my life. Worry will not do a single thing to help me in this situation. So I am going to remove myself from the natural and I'm going to look at this in the supernatural. That's how I was able to call. Um, that's how I was able to remember that I have charge over the angels and go send them out to bring someone to me. That's how I was able to do that. But I wasn't able to do a single thing to add to the situation when I was in my flesh, when I was worrying, when I was concerned. I was sitting in my car and I was like, what do I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Thinking that over and over in my head. And then the guys asked, oh, did you check your glove compartment? So I looked in there and then the tool was there. But if I had asked the Lord for wisdom, I wouldn't even have needed to do that. 
they wouldn't even have needed to ask that because I would have already known because God gives wisdom. So you have to take your, you have to remove yourself from the natural of the situation. You have to stop looking at things that are like carnal things. Like we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So sometimes you're not going to, it's not just going to be seen with your eyes. You have to remove yourself from the situation and rely on the Lord. And consider it pure joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is what makes you strong. The joy of the Lord is what's going to get you through situations, through hardships and trials. And I don't mean that as a blanket covering kind of comfort, like, oh, just be joyful and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I know that you have this, this, uh, this big thing going on right now. I know that you're about to get evicted from your apartment, but, um, just be happy. Just be, just be joyful. No, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's what makes you strong. The joy is not something that, um, you have hidden deep down in your heart. Joy, you can see joy on somebody when you when you experience trials. Have joy, consider it pure joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. It produces perseverance, and once you let patience and perseverance finish its work, the Bible says that you're going to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So whatever you were lacking in the situation, because you consider it pure joy and because you know that the Lord is on your side, because you know that God is for you, you will lack nothing. But if you lack wisdom, if there's something that you are lacking, you go to God, you ask God and he will give you liberally without reproach. But you have to ask him in faith. Because if you ask him in doubt, You are going to be like a wave of the sea. You're driven, blown all around, tossed to and fro by the wind. You are unstable in every way. And you should expect to receive nothing. You can't expect to receive anything from God. So, right now, for me, and I know I'm talking a lot about myself, but... I'm the only one talking right now because I have the microphone and I'm sitting in a room looking at a wall and a computer screen. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm talking about myself. But right now, even, I need four new tires for my own car. And like pretty soon or the same thing is probably going to happen to my car. So today I went this morning, my church, they do like a car ministry where they change oil and take a look at people's cars try to fix their problems for free and I just I knew that I was gonna need to to change something all you have to do is buy the part and they do the labor for free I knew that something was wrong with my car and I knew that it was probably something with the tires I didn't know if it was the physical tires themselves or like a component that's like around the tire I don't know but I went there, had it looked at, had it checked out. They said, you're going to need three new tires. And because you already need three, you might as well just get a fourth. And the fourth one that was like in good condition actually has a nail in it. 
So I could either just let it like slowly continue to leak or just get it replaced. So I have to get all four new tires. And what I'm not going to do is react in the in the same way that I reacted with my friend's car. So this time around, since I've learned, again, I'm not saying that God put me through that to learn or to teach me or anything like that. But what happens when you go, when you experience something like you learn through it? So I learned, okay, this is how I don't react in this situation. And now I know the way to react in the situation. So this time around, I need new tires for myself. I know the way to react. Consider it pure joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, I'm going to ask the Lord and I believe and I'm going to believe in faith for wisdom and for anything else. I'm going to ask him for new tires. And I will ask in faith and I'm not going to doubt because I'm not going to be an unstable man. And I want to expect to receive something from the Lord. So. I'm going to consider it pure joy. I know that there is a weapon that's formed, but he can't steal, he can't kill, and he cannot destroy from me anything that belongs to me. The weapon is formed, but it will not prosper. And I'm going to consider this pure joy because I know the fruit that's going to come from that. And that fruit is the, the patience and the perseverance that comes from the testing of my faith. I will count it all joy through ever through whatever this is because I know that the testing of my faith is going to produce patience it's going to produce perseverance and that once that perseverance finishes its work that I may be perfect and complete and I will not lack anything so everything that I just talked to you guys about is something that I am dealing with right now so I want you guys to know that I'm not telling you guys this out of a um like I'm far removed from the situation and oh, it's easier said than done because yeah, they're just tires. It's not a big deal. It's not like my health or it's not like um, something like life or death, you know, it's tires. But I want you guys to know that I'm not just telling you this to make it seem like, oh, this is easier said than done. Like, no, I'm actually going through this right now. So whatever it is, whatever trial, whatever attack that you have, I want you to know that you can, should, and if you want to make it through, honestly, you kind of have to react in joy. He says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. You should want that kind of perseverance to be, to be produced. I'm going to consider this trial pure joy because I know the fruit that's going to come from it. I know what's going to happen when I when I when this thing comes to pass. When this thing is all said and done. How listen, I because the way that I felt the next day after that happened, I told you guys earlier, I felt stupid. I felt dumb because I knew that I reacted in the wrong way. But if I reacted in the right way, if I did the things that that if I did things biblically, if I reacted in a biblical way whenever I was facing that trial, I would feel so much better. I would have felt so much better the next day. Like, oh, I handled that situation so great. Would you look at that? And I didn't feel that way. I felt like poo-poo. I was like, why did I act that way? Why did I react that way? Why did I let that get to me? 
But when you react in the way that the Lord would want you to react, when you react in the way that it says right here, because you know that your faith is going to produce perseverance, you can consider it pure joy when you're going through a trial. So having pure joy through the whole entire thing and then being able to have pure joy after because the Lord is faithful, because God is faithful. It feels so great when you do things in the biblical way. It feels so good when you react in a, to a situation in the way that it's like, oh, I got it right. I got it right. I did it right. So I know that this probably sounds like rules and, oh, I can't do this and I can't say that and I can't blah, blah, blah. You can say and do and react in whatever way that you want to. But for me, I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And I'm not saying that if you react in a wrong way, it's not going to you're God's not going to be pleased with you or he's going to be mad or upset with you. I'm not saying that at all, but I want my life to be a pleasing aroma to God. I want to react in the right ways. I want to do things the right way because I want to see these things come to pass. I want to, I want to be mature and complete. I want to be in the place where I lack nothing. I want my faith to produce perseverance and patience. I want to be in that place. I don't want to be in the place that I'm in right now, 20 years from now. We should be growing. Each and every day, you should be growing, learning something new, being taught something new by God. So that's why I'm going to consider this situation pure joy. That's why I'm making the decision to keep this at the forefront of my mind, honestly. Like I was listening to Pastor Adalis uh, the other day and she was teaching about having faith for healing and a lot that she said it was really good but one thing that stuck out to me and this is a practical thing that you can do but just writing something down writing a scripture down that you need to see each and every day and keeping it with you put it in your purse put it in your wallet put it in your pocket anywhere that you need in any time that that worry or concern or whatever starts to pop up or that fear you pull out that piece of paper and you read okay this is what the bible says so I talked about that in the Wednesday episode. It was called Believe a Thing, Speak a Thing. So in that episode, I just talked about confession again and faith and all that jazz. But how you have to choose to believe. So you have to choose to believe God's word over what your eyes see, over your physical circumstances, over whatever. Because yes, whatever it is that's happening in, happening in the natural, it is real. Nobody's denying that it's not real. But I'm choosing to believe the word of God over what I believe or what I see, not believe, but what I see with my eyes. Because we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says that the just live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's not a thing. It's a lifestyle. We are called to live by faith. We are the righteousness of Christ. And he says the righteous live by faith. Not the righteous live by what they see. So you have to remove yourself. You have to remove the the urge to look at things in the natural. What does the Bible say about my situation? What does the Bible say about what it is that I'm experiencing right now? Because Pastor Adala, she was talking about how she was having a flow um, of blood for six months. And she said it took her a month and a half 
to even think about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five. But as soon as she said it, because it wasn't my situation, I'm not saying that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have reacted in the same way she did, but because it wasn't my situation, because I wasn't the one experiencing the blood flow for six months, it immediately popped in my head. That wasn't a problem for me. It wasn't a factor for me. But it, it, she said it took her si- it took her a month and a half to even think about the woman with the issue of blood. You have to remove yourself from the natural. You have to remove yourself from thinking carnally. You have to to take yourself. Um, yes, this is happening. I'm not neg- negating or I'm not going to ignore the fact that it's happening. Uh, yes, I see it. It is happening in the natural. But what does the Bible say? about my situation because like I said or like the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54 it says that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord so the the covenant that we're in the promises that are in this word are that are in this Bible that are in these words that God has spoken that's your heritage that is your portion that is your inheritance No weapon formed against you will prosper. Everything that he promises in his word, all of his promises are yes and amen. We're in a new covenant. By the blood of Jesus, we have all access to these things. So you have to seek a thing out. You have to seek a matter. You have to search out a matter and you will find it. Whatever it is that you need, it's in this word. There's nothing new under the sun. It is in this word. There's something in here for you and you have to seek it out. You have to stand on something. What are you standing on? What are you believing God for? Okay, so you're believing God for this thing, but what scripture are you standing on? That is your inheritance. This is your inheritance. It is your heritage because you are a servant of the Lord. And if you're not a servant of the Lord, become one today. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was a real man. He lived 33 years, perfectly never once sinned. The Bible says that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has been born into sin because we have natural parents. Jesus had one natural parent and one perfect parent and the blood comes, the chromosomes, they all come from the father. So his father was perfect because he's God. Jesus was a perfect man, never once sinned, and we are born into sin. And because we are born into sin, we have to have a way to become right with God in order to have eternal life, in order to walk in the promises of God. So if you want to do that today, all you have to do is pray and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned and I've fallen short of your glory and I repent. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is your son and that he lived a perfect life and died and rose again just for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to come into my heart to change me and make me new. I receive your forgiveness and I thank you, Father, for it. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you are now a child of the Most High God. You are now saved, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, and you're righteous. That's what the Bible says about you. So he's forgotten. God has forgotten all of the bad things that you've ever done in your your life before praying that prayer. He forgot every single sin. So you don't need to bring it back to his attention because he doesn't even, he won't know what you're talking about. And you have full access to walk in all of these things that the Bible says about you. Everything that I talked about earlier in this episode, you can now do those things because you have God backing you. You have God on your side. You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. And you have the power to see these things come to pass. All you have to do is believe. The same way that you didn't see Jesus die on the cross for you, the same way that you didn't see Holy Spirit into your heart is the same way that you have to believe that all of these things are going to come to pass. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great Sunday and a great week. And I'll be talking to you guys on Tuesday with another episode of A Year of No Fear. Bye.